Welcome to Stop Overthinking, the podcast for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists who want to feel calm and confident enough to handle whatever life sends your way. I'm your host, Kristen Odegaard, a women's life and mindset coach, lifelong educator, and recovering perfectionist. Welcome back to the Stop Overthinking podcast. Today, we are talking about rethinking relationships. And this goes along with the topic I've had the month of February, talking about love and relationships. So this is going to wrap up that series. Relationships are at the core of most of the coaching that I do and the coaching that I've received myself. What's interesting is that the messaging is almost always the same. And yet I and others need to hear it over and over again for it to really take root. So today, when we're talking about relationships, and I'm going to offer you some things to consider about relationships in general, how to feel better about them, how to nurture them, and that you can do this all by yourself without the other person being involved. So let's start with a definition. Google tells me that a relationship is defined as the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. Another definition is a relationship is any connection between two people, which can be positive or negative. You can have a relationship with a wide range of people, including family and friends. You can have different types of relationships, such as family relationships, friendships, acquaintanceships, and romantic relationships. What's true about all of these different kinds of relationships is that the majority of it is happening internally in your mind. What kind of relationship you have is based on your thinking, how you are interpreting the other person's words or actions. We've talked lots on this podcast before that no one can make you feel something Likewise, another person can't hand you feelings of love, devotion, friendship, or empathy. Your feelings are internal and come from you. Others are involved, of course, but you filter all of their behaviors through your brain and give them meaning. You, individually and internally, are determining that this action means, for example, they like me, or this action means I'm not a priority. These words are hurtful. Those are your thoughts. And the people in a relationship may think about it differently. As an example, my daughter's in middle school right now, and there is so much going on with her friend groups. Who likes who? Who doesn't like another? This is boys, girls, everybody. Almost daily, I hear about someone feeling hurt because another person doesn't like them or didn't include them. What's happening is that the two individuals are thinking about the relationship differently. They have different expectations and they're interpreting another's actions through their own filters. I'm sure that you can remember things like this in your own life. And yet as adults, some of this is still happening. Perhaps communication has improved, but also there are more expectations, more life experiences that have occurred. So we continue to process and think about others' actions, give them meaning, and then react accordingly or disproportionately. What you may not realize is how impactful your thinking about the relationship or the other person really is. So for example, I had a client this week talking about wanting to spend more time with another person. She's a busy working mom, and she was focusing on how to create time in her schedule to make this happen. 
like plan dinners ahead or make something more simple to create time in the evening. But as we talked about it, we needed to get to the heart of the matter. Why is it important for you to have time? What's missing if you don't have this time with the other person? When you think I need to get dinner done, and then you rush through the actions. Maybe as you're rushing, that means that you're short with others. And if it doesn't go as planned, then you get crabby. You react to other things that happen in the evening. And that's very different than thinking this relationship is important to me. When the focus is on the thought that the relationship is a priority, that leads to different feelings and actions than thinking I need to hurry up and make dinner. It's easy for relationships to fall on the back burner because they don't have the start and end times that work projects do or running to appointments. It's easy to fault another person for not showing up the way you want them to or to expect someone else to know you well enough and to anticipate your every move. But those are thought traps that aren't helpful. Remember, we all have these manuals of how things are supposed to be. And this is especially true in relationships. You have thoughts about how your siblings should act as adults. You have thoughts and expectations on what a good marriage looks like and what a bad marriage looks like. You have thoughts about how often a close friend should be in contact with you. And those are all fine, but they may not be the entire picture. And the other person has their own thoughts and expectations too. So it can be really helpful to occasionally analyze your thoughts about relationships, about how other people behave, and determine if you are really showing up the way that you want to. Often, when I'm talking with clients about a certain relationship, we're discussing it because it is a priority to this person, and it's causing some kind of discomfort or distress. What is also true is that while the client says it's a priority and thinks that somewhere in their brain, the actions may not match up with that thinking on the regular because the people get caught up in reacting to situations rather than being intentional. So while you may say, it's important to me, there may also be another thought like, why do I have to put in all the effort? And when you think I do all the work and I put in more effort, that likely leads to feelings of frustration, disappointment, or even resentment. And how do you show up from frustration or disappointment? Maybe you shut down and do the silent treatment, or maybe you're snippy and nagging and sarcastic. Regardless, none of those actions builds to a better or more nurturing of a relationship that you think that's important. Your thoughts really matter. Because if you focus on the thought, this relationship is important to me, you will likely feel more calm, grounded, or even determined. Maybe you're compassionate. That looks like listening, asking questions, not reacting. And the thoughts and feelings and actions of thinking this relationship is important to me is going to give me a different result that's going to help the relationship rather than tear it down. Another line of thinking that can be hurtful to you in regard to relationships is that the other person needs to say or do certain things in order for you to feel a certain way. This goes back to our manual and you have thoughts about how loving relationships should be, how people should act, how friends should show up. If you are thinking, for example, I shouldn't have to say anything because they should just know. You're closing down. 
Maybe you're feeling mad or frustrated or hurt. And how do you show up when you are thinking, I shouldn't have to say anything, and you're feeling mad or frustrated or hurt? Probably not in a way that's going to build the relationship you really want. What's also true is that other people have a lot going on in their minds and sometimes need reminders or encouragement. And if you think that reminders are helpful and necessary and you don't mind giving them, you don't get judgy or crabby and you don't expect others to read your mind. The actions from the thought reminders can be helpful. Those actions are more compassionate and thoughtful rather than being closed down. So while it may be true to you that this person has known you for a decade, it's also true that reminders are helpful in our busy and full lives. So which one do you want to focus on? One is going to build a relationship, another one not so much. The quality of your relationship does depend on the other person, but only to an extent, no question. You always get to determine how you feel about it. If you want to give grace and time and care, or if you want to blame and judge and feel unappreciated, you have a lot more power than you realize in determining the quality of your relationships and how you show up as one half of the dynamic. So I've given you a bunch to think about, and I'm going to give you some solid tips here that you may want to consider for building better relationships. So the first one is stop trying to control the relationship. Okay, and I can admit this may be amusing coming from me because I historically really like to control everything, right? That's part of me being a recovering perfectionist. I try and control everything in my life. And a lot of that was trying to control other people to do exactly what I wanted. So I felt in control and safe and secure and happy. And this was like people pleasing guilt trips, telling others what to do. So when I say stop trying to control, No, I'm speaking to myself as much as I am suggesting it to you. And the reason why is because it doesn't work. And it's also maddening. You can't control other people. And when you try, and then you fail at controlling them, you make yourself miserable. And by the way, you also make the other person fairly miserable in the relationship. So controlling can look like trying to explain to someone how they should treat you trying to explain to someone how they should fold their clothes or not put them on the floor or how they should put the dishes in the dishwasher instead of leaving them in the sink. It may look like telling someone that they should take the garbage out and when, how they should behave, how they shouldn't be on their phone all the time, how they should pay more attention to you, how they should remember your birthday, and all of the things that we want to tell other human beings about how they could be better human beings. Because who better to tell them how to live their lives, right? I found that inner peace that I was really looking for. When I let other human beings just be who they are, and sometimes they're going to forget things, sometimes they're going to be messy, sometimes they're going to stay on their phone too long, and I just allow the world to be what it is without me controlling it, because I'm focusing on what I control, and that's me, I take more responsibility for my own life. Now, hear me, this does not mean that you don't communicate your preferences. This doesn't mean that you don't make suggestions. What it does mean is that you just don't try and control them so that you can be happy. So if I say to you, like, hey, it would be great if you picked up your clothes off the floor, and then you don't do that, and I get really angry, that's on me. The interpretation that I'm giving about you picking your clothes up off the floor and what I think it means when the clothes are on the floor. 
right? That's all on me. If it's, hey, I'd appreciate it if you pick your clothes up off the floor and then the person doesn't do it, I recognize that, hey, you have the right to do whatever the heck you want to do with your life and I can make peace with that. And I still get to decide if I want to be with someone that leaves their clothes on the floor. And that's also up to me, right? So letting go of the control of other people also means knowing your own boundaries. But it's very different than trying to control how someone else behaves and then getting all worked up when they don't behave the way you want them to that are in your relationships with, that are idealized norms that you think other people should conform to. And it makes you crazy when they don't. So what I want to suggest in this tip number one is to give up controlling and maybe do it in short spurts, like just recognizing to yourself, I'm not going to try and control this moment. Kind of like trying to be a backseat driver or maybe even a driver from the passenger seat, right? Have you met these people? It can be really infuriating. So don't be those people. They're trying to control the driver of the car, okay? And the driver of the car is trying to control the car, but you want to control the car and you don't have pedals or the wheel. So it's one thing to offer suggestions or to give directions, but it's another thing when you are trying to control the car and you physically can't. So that's tip one, stop trying to control other people. Number two, stop comparing. Stop comparing yourself and your relationship to others and to yourself. So here's what I mean. Many people will say like, well, I would never do that. Okay, and that's fine, but that person isn't you. Or perhaps you say this relationship over here, these best friends do this and this, and we don't do that, not in my friendship. And so I'm comparing somebody else's relationship. But mostly what we do is compare our relationship to some like idealized version of what a relationship should be in our mind. Maybe it's from books. Maybe it's from movies. Maybe it's from Instagram or TikTok. Many of you do that. And this is how the relationship used to be and how I want it to be. And this is what it was like in the beginning. Or you're comparing it to some random expectations that you have. And then you're constantly disappointed because you're not experiencing the actual relationship that you have in front of you. You're experiencing what you would rather it be. And it's constant disappointment. It's never going to feel good. When you're comparing your relationship with your children, with your spouse, with your partner, with your friends, with your boss, you miss out that you're actually 50% of this relationship and that it's going to be have its ups and downs. Instead, you're constantly comparing it and putting it down because it's not meeting some idealized version in your mind. And one of the ways that I get myself through this is I remind myself we're not all supposed to have ideal relationships. It's part of being human in the world. We're supposed to be in this world to evolve ourselves, to experience our emotions and our thoughts, and to understand how much control we have over ourselves and how little control we have over the other people in the world. Okay, so that's number two. Our third one is to love yourself so you can get really good about loving. I talked about this in the past two episodes. For most of us, the hardest person that we're ever going to love is ourselves. And when we take the time and energy and learn how to love ourselves, how to feel love, we get better at loving other people. And one of the things that gets us into trouble in our relationships is people pleasing and play acting. And when you're in a relationship, be that a friendship or a work relationship or even with a partner, when we're trying to please the other person or be who we think they want us to be, we end up feeling really resentful and angry because we're not showing up 
as who we really are. And so I'm always trying to teach my clients to find out who they are, to be themselves, to be authentic, love yourselves, and that there's this 50-50, right? That things are going to be great, like awesome, great, and sometimes it's going to be awful. And we have to be able to experience all of it. And when you get to the point where you really love the parts of you that are awesome, and you can still love the parts of you that aren't so awesome or even awful, then you really are loving the human experience. And you're able to show up that same way for other people in your lives and in your relationships. So I'll give you an example. In a relationship with somebody else, and let's say that I have a lot of issues judging my body physically. And so I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm not blonde enough, my skin is splotchy, my hair doesn't do this, you know, my eyes aren't green enough, whatever. And I'm in a relationship and that pattern, that judgment that skill of being really good at criticizing will naturally spill into the relationship with the other person. And you will look at this other person without even realizing it consciously. You're judging them, picking at their body, wishing their body were different. And maybe you're wishing it was more like you see on Instagram or in the magazines, or you're comparing yourself and whatever to some idealized version. You started comparing them to some idealized version and you miss out on the actual person that's right in front of you. That again is 50-50. If the goal is always going to be to try and get some idealized image of yourself or someone else, you're always going to be missing out on what actually is right now in this moment. And this really plays along with the idea of not trying to control someone. Because if we're just being in the present moment with who we really are, what can happen with that? Well, it's kind of what we're meant to do. I don't think we're meant to try and all be the same to conform. We're meant to find out what our true desires are and to be courageous enough and live at our highest capacity for what we are meant to do with our lives. And by really loving yourself, you're able to do that with yourself, hold space in the relationships for the other people to do that too. My mentor often says that I want to be in a relationship with people who help me become more of who I truly am, that push me and expect a lot from me and love me and have my back. And I love tip number four is to give grace. And I've talked about this differently, good intentions towards people, giving grace to people when they forget your birthday, when they are late, when they lose their temper, give them some grace. Now, this is not the same as consistently not having boundaries and making everything okay all the time. That's not what I'm saying. Just saying that when there's an opportunity to give someone some grace, you can still tell them, hey, listen, next time if you're late, I'm going to wait, but I hear you that you had some things going on and I'm so glad you're here now. This can really change how people show up and how you show up. Can you allow for people to make mistakes without making it mean something, without attacking yourself with their actions? That's how you give grace. And I have a whole podcast episode on generous assumptions that may help you more with this topic. Lastly, watch your thoughts, right? That's the whole concept of this episode. Remember that all relationships are your thoughts between the two of you. So if I'm in a relationship with you, our relationship is based on what I think about you, what you think about me, and that's 100% within our control. I can decide what I want to think about you at all times, regardless of what you do. 
I can decide to think loving thoughts all the time and just always love you regardless of what you do. So I'll give you an example um, of what I do with my kids. And I've coached so many people being upset that, um, you know, either their adult kids or someone in their life doesn't call them or want to spend time with them. And I don't want to be about upset about this. I want my kids, my friends, my family to come see me when they want to come see me. I don't want them to feel obligated to call me. I don't want to have to give guilt trips. And I don't want to feel that. So I consciously decide to think that my people will love me. We have a good relationship. And there isn't this expectation to call me or come see me in order for that to be true. And I still get to think loving thoughts about them if I want to. And that's creating my version of the relationship, right? So they are choosing to spend time with me and I'm not guilt tripping them. They just want to hang out. So that's an example of just changing a thought about someone. You can make it easier. If I was like, hey, they don't call me. They don't love me. They don't care about me. They don't respect me. And I made it mean all those things. It's going to be a whole lot harder for me to feel loving and speak in a loving way when I did talk to them. Right? So changing your thinking changes the way you feel and it changes the way that you show up. Living a conscious life is really making a decision about how you want to show up no matter what. And when you're having any kind of challenge in a relationship, you're having, say, an argument or a disagreement or whatever, ask yourself that question. How do I want to show up? It can really help you. Who do you want to be right now in this relationship? And just that one thought, just shifting that one thought can actually take a relationship from one that was struggling and make it one that is stronger or thriving. So that's what I have for you on rethinking relationships today, my friends. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stop Overthinking Podcast with Kristen Odegaard. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who would benefit from the message. To learn more about working with me and links to social media and free resources, head over to my website, coachwithkristen.com. That's Kristen spelled K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. Have a great week.